Hey guys, welcome back to my little show that I like to call Study Stack. My name is Haley, and this is the podcast where I talk about anything that I want to regarding academics and science and everything. Um, if you're new here, hello, hi. Um, and if you're my mom or any of my friends or um, any of my other family members, welcome back. Um, so, guys, um, today's episode is going to be on prions, um, but before I talk about prions, um, I just need to clarify, um, I'm going into my senior year of college, I'm recording this on August 20th, I start it on the 23rd, um, so Monday, um, so things have been, like, really crazy for me for the last couple of weeks, um, so because I've been getting a research project started. I've had like a lot of like medical things going on. Um, yeah, so I'm a little bit like nervous to, um, I guess, start my senior year just because I do have a lot going on on top of like all of my personal issues that I have going on that I'm not going to get into. I mean, maybe I'll explain it in one of these episodes because it's the human body is just one big feedback loop in everything. Um, but you guys knew that. You guys are smart. Um, so yeah. I've just been a busy, busy bee. Um, doing research projects, working, well, I work in two labs. I volunteer technically for one that I'm receiving class credit for, um, and the other one I get paid for, plus I work in a pharmacy and I was doing sorority recruitment, so my life is a whole mess. But, just know that this episode was like a couple weeks in the making. Um, so without further ado, um, enough about me. Um, this episode is on prions. Um, and it's come to my attention, not a lot of people know actually what prions are. Um, essentially they're just little proteins that are, um, very infectious. If you want to think about, um... Viruses are essentially proteins with this, like, um, nucleic acids in them, and these nucleic acids hold the instructions to make more virus, which is why viruses need the host, whereas prions are already just like a self-replicating protein that is infectious, and I hope that makes sense. Um, so prions are short for proteinaceous infectious particles, um, Learned that from my textbook. Um, basically, they're just, like I just said, really scary, scary infectious proteins. Um, so if you think about how small a virus is, and then if you think about a protein that's even smaller, um, very, 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 not even microscopic, very, very, very molecular. Very molecular. I guess I'll kind of go into how they replicate because it's kind of like very... It's very complicated. It's very different from a virus. Um, viruses can have different life cycles. Um, not a lot is known about prions nowadays. Um, they're not very well understood, but I'm going to do my best because I think that is a very important topic to bring up. The protein um, that essentially makes a prion or what a prion is composed of is called PRP, also known as prion-associated protein. Surprise! Um, that's kind of 
obvious. Um, so this protein kind of exists in two forms, uh, PRPC and PRPSC. Um, essentially, they're the same, except the PRPSC is the infectious form, um, kind of like the Walmart version, like you don't really like trust it, but like you still go. Um, the PRC uh, protein actually is normally expressed on our neurons and immune cells. And with prion diseases, these diseases affect your neurology and the brain, which I'll talk about later, kind of like the history behind that. Um, so it makes sense that the modified version of this protein would kind of attack that area, um, and it also is expressed on certain immune cells, um, which is also why these types of diseases can really, really mess up your immune system, kind of just like literally any type of um, thing that will uh, cause you to have any sort of disease, I guess, is a good way to put it. Um, so essentially, these two forms of protein, the C and the SC, I'm just going to shorten it. Um, so remember that SC infectious, S infectious, and then C, let's just say common. So C common, SC infectious, C common. There you go. Okay, so um, these two kind of exist in equilibrium with each other, kind of, and equal amounts. Um, both glasses are full to the same amount. Nobody has more, okay? Um, and so what essentially happens is these proteins kind of self-propagate, which literally just means that they start self-replicating, and somewhere along the process um, of this regeneration of the proteins, um, the infectious portion starts to overtake the common portion. Um, so essentially, the SC is getting way more, it's taking up way more room, whereas like the, um, the common has like such little room. Like think about you're on like, you know when you're on like public transport and <laughs> you somebody for some reason is just like has their bags at, like on the seat next to them and even though that there's like other people standing up um this person is just kind of like got their legs spread bags on both sides they're just taking up more room than they need to um when there's other people and other things that kind of want to fit there it's kind of like the same situation so the uh, C version of the protein kind of wants to like stay where it's at and be like hey um, but the SC version is like no I guess I'll take over now like this is my space um, so very very selfish um, in our bodies there is something called protease um, and protease um, if you're a science nerd like me, you know that anything ending in ACE is an enzyme, and enzymes break down foreign substances or really anything in the body, and pro-T means protein, obviously. So these enzymes break, out, break down excess proteins in your body, and they're very, very important. Um, so the SC version of the prions, the infectious form, is actually protease re resistant. So when it enters your body, it can actually be broken down by protease. Like it is being blocked. It's like a huge cock block. 
Um, I, that's the first thing that could come to my mind. I'm sure there are a shit ton of other analogies I could use, but that's the one that's coming to mind right now. Um, so yeah. So, you're basically just kind of fucked because then at that point, um, the prion just continues to replicate and replicate and replicate and the infectious form just keeps accumulating and accumulating without being broken down by protease. Um, so your body is just kind of like, well, fuck, we can't really do anything about it. And your body's also a little bit confused because, like I was saying before, the other version of this protein is already naturally expressed on some of your cells. So it kind of just doesn't really know what to do. Um, so the actual structure of a prion protein, um, if you know a lot about molecular biology and protein biology, you'll know what I'm talking about, but the SC version contains a lot of like beta sheets and little like of the little helices. Um, but I know a lot of people are not, and a lot of people this stuff goes over their head. Basically there are two forms of protein folding, like shape-wise, beta sheets, which kind of um, are in like a, they're Proteins that are in like a zigzag type of form, almost kind of straight, whereas the alpha helix kind of looks like um, the pattern in like a roller rink, like the little squiggly lines. Um, and all proteins have alpha parts and beta parts, um, and it kind of affects the way that the protein behaves. Um, I can go more into protein biology. Um, Protein biology is very, very complex. I can make a whole episode on protein biology just about replication and transport and all that stuff, which might be a good idea. But for now, just know that all proteins kind of look different and that also affects like their function and their structure um, and their behavior in the body. Um, so just a little fun fact, all proteins are just made of beta sheets and alpha helices. Um, that's kind of why whenever you see a picture of like a computer-generated image of a protein, it kind of looks a little silly, it looks a little wonky. Um, so yeah. Um, but anyways, like I said, uh, these proteins kind of exist at equilibrium in two forms, and they start off in these small molecules moving back and forth. Um, but once enough of the... Um, the infectious form is made, you now have a whole particle that can now continue to make more of the whole protein in order to use the cell's machinery. Um, so I hope that makes sense. Again, um, the way prions are is it's just kind of like the particles moving back and forth until it has enough um, for the whole protein and then it kind of like uses its way in your body to um, make more, and then it keeps accumulating and accumulating and accumulating. Um, so now I'm going to talk about why do we give a shit about prions? Like what the fuck is it? Like why? Like cool, it's an infectious protein, you don't hear much about it, doesn't really affect me. Well, there are a lot of issues with them. Um, so prions are linked to diseases known as TSEs or transmissional spongiform elephantitis. Basically, a complicated way of saying that these proteins cause little pockets to form in your brain, making it look like Swiss cheese or a sponge. So your brain is looking like SpongeBob, but not in a good way. So you would not be able to rev up the fryers with this condition. Um, 
So that sounds like fun. So in the UK, there's a lot of like sheep herders, um, lots of sheep in the mountainside, mountains and countryside, um, lots of cows. They have like these cows with like really long fur. Oh my god, they're so cute. Um, but for centuries, these herders in the mountains and kind of, I guess, everywhere in the UK, um, love the UK, um, they've dealt with the issue of this disease called scrappy, or scrapey, um, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this disease is actually caused by prions. Um, basically, it causes the animal to have really odd behavior. Um, it got its name scrapey because of the way that the animals itch, rub, and scrape their skin. Um, like very very itchy um, it kind of reminds me of like when I was in third grade I used to like pick at my scabs because I was like anxious as fuck like literally for no reason um, there's a picture of me holding like this baby chick in third grade and I just have band-aids all over my arm not because I was injured but because I just could not handle having scabs so maybe I'm just a sheep with scrapey so prions didn't become an issue until about the 1930s when for some fucking reason they decided to feed their cattle a lot of meat. What? Um, this kind of freaks me out. I ate a lot of beef um, slash meat when I was abroad. If you ever go um, to that area, they have a lot of good sausages, like the bacon, ugh, literally everything. And I am not a big meat eater at all. I eat a lot of vegetables, but like... This was, it was nuts, so definitely check it out. But anyways, um, given the cycle of eating and shitting things out, the animal proteins got continually recycled throughout the environment. Um, so when things kind of, um, when things keep getting cycled through, it's almost like the quality goes down and leaves more room for error. Um, and so as these proteins keep moving through the population, they start to sort of mutate and that's kind of how these prions started accumulating. So these started accumulating and it caused the uh, development of mad cow disease, um, which a lot of people are pretty familiar with or have heard of before. Um, so yeah, that is caused by prions and it causes kind of the same thing that it did with the sheep, um, causing them to be very weak, head droopy, um, all of that fun stuff for cows. Naturally, the way that the farmers wanted to get rid of this was just to slaughter them, um, leading to increases in the meat prices. And like I was saying, the people in the UK heavily depend on the meat. So, there's that. Love that. Um, and because these proteins were now in some of the meat that people were eating, people started developing prion diseases. So they started to become more prevalent in the actual population. Love that. Um, so this disease is known as Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, or CJD. So go UK! Colonizing everything, including human brains. Love that for you guys. You guys are great. Loved it. Um, but... Um, it wasn't really just in the UK, um, so a lot of people have been trying to study prions and, um, I don't know, kind of get into that field, so there were some biologists that went to Papua New Guinea, um, in the 1950s, 
um, and they discover that they had a similar disease in their population called Kuru. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, it's very similar to CJD. Um, it causes dementia, tremors, um, difficulties with movement, and usually resulted in death. Um, but interestingly, they found that these people were participating in cannibalism, um, which is probably why that this started to spread more rapidly in the population, or like somebody had the mutation, um, and then that cycle just kind of continued. But, um, yeah, like I was saying, not a lot is known about prions. Um, there's not really a whole lot that I can add to this episode. Um, I know this is very short, um, but it is being studied right now, um, the links to prions and kind of, because um, like I was saying, these protein particles are naturally expressed on our cells. Um, and so there has been a lot of studies trying to link it to things like Alzheimer's. Um, and kind of like, I don't know, I applied to an internship studying that this summer. Obviously I didn't get that because I would obviously know a lot more. I'm not bitter or anything. Um, but yeah, so just kind of something to think about like moving forward. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, again, I know this one was really short. There wasn't a whole lot that I could kind of go into and explain. But if you're still curious, there are a lot of resources online that you can look up all these prion diseases. So I hope you guys are doing well, and I hope you guys have a great week or weekend whenever you're listening to this. Um, yeah, bye!